This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki with help from New Zealand On Air. To find more local content, go to our website, accessradiotaranaki.com. You're listening to the Sugarloafing Artscast on Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM. Komikaela Naimen Tokuingua. My name is Michaela Naiman and I'm your host. Welcome. This show focuses on the arts and creativity in Taranaki and beyond. We aim to cover the diversity of arts from painting, literature, songwriting, theatre, pottery, poetry, sculpture and how the creative arts contribute to our community, as well as our own sense of purpose and well-being. The Sugarloafing Artscast is generously supported by the Govet Brewster Art Gallery and Len Lai Center. Stay tuned to find out more. And uh, I'm uh, in a fabulous studio today out on OEO Road with artist uh, Roger Morris, also known as Remo, who lives here with um, artist Marianne Magarich. So, two amazing artists under one roof. Hello, Roger. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? Oh, goodness. I'm very well, thanks. And uh, the reason I'm actually here is because I recently saw some of your fabulous woodcuts at um, the Gover Street Gallery, which reminded me what an amazing carver you are and printmaker. You're very kind. Thanks. And uh, here in the <coughs> studio, you have some even bigger works. I do. I do. I did a, I've done a lot of wood blocking. And I get a lot of fun out of it. But you must also have a patience of I don't know what, because uh, these are huge carvings and you're not making it easy on yourself by printing existing offcuts or anything. You carve every little wood grain. Yeah. You, I, I don't know why you wouldn't do that. Well, I know but, a lot but, of reasons. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, I can't think of one. Once the images. Once you've established the line you're on, and you've got the block, you just you put the you get as much of the image into it as you can as you try and work it through. The problem always is at the end of that, <laughs> if you got the angle wrong, you've got to do it again, <laughs> which yeah. can happen because you, especially working in reverse with black and white, mm. you're not really working in reverse, but you realise it's going to be in reverse, so. You're trying to get the dynamic of the uh, of the picture right, and if you get it wrong, you know it straight away. Once you printed it, mm, well, wow. but that's so. the thing. Once mm. you printed it, so you have already put in all that work. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, we do that all the time. Yeah. That's the the point of reviewing what you're doing. If you're trying to get something across and you've got a slight impediment to it, and you've got to do it again, that's how it works. Otherwise, you're kind of you're blocking the chance of people to be able to actually respond at an absolutely a real level with that judgment they get. Oh, that line's wrong. Oh, oh well, bit bit like next time. <laughs> so you do it again. Paintings the same. I can be working on paintings years old. Wow. When I look at your wood blocks, you mentioned it. They are very dynamic. Mm-hmm. How do you? come up with your concept and design because uh, you know it's like almost like I a zoom I of a film I don't yeah it's not like a, it's not like a plan 
I do think it's changed over the years. Um, lately, with the after Christchurch and after COVID, it became very. Uh, and I'd been introduced again to the great Russian uh, graphic work around about the revolution and the revolutionary oh, they're times. Amazing. Hmm. So, and I'd also got hold of some big block letters from Stratford um, Village. Uh, Pioneer Village, they lent me this uh, tray of big letters, so I was able to make much bigger works using, you can use small blocks and you can carve out bits and pieces and you can do different parts to a bigger piece and then join it up with the words. So that's one way, but to get back to your question, how do you, well, it depends how angry you are or how (laughs) determined you are to focus on some outrage that has sparked that need to to um, make an image of it. And also you, you're pulling back on other lines of inquiry that you've been doing visually, like you're making symbols all the time. So you're trying to connect different symbols to make a different narrative. And then you're trying to put it together in a fluid way. So you've already got those lines of the thing set up in your head as you take the idea to it. So you've got icons ready made in your head because that's what you do. And then you're trying to um, mix them and bring new icons in and make a uh, make that narrative because it's an ongoing narrative. Your whole life is an ongoing narrative. You're hunting out something, well, I am. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, mm. I mean, when you start off, Way back in the times that you start off doing what you're doing, you, uh, you've got a, a narrower set of tools to work with. But 40 years later, you've got a much wider set, but you've also got the impediment of, of ego and uh, other things, ageing processes that can... But you've, if you can get around in front of that and use what you've picked up through that time, you can actually start to make a picture much clearer. Although that being said, you go back and have a look at the <laughs> earlier ones and they're pretty bloody clear. Yeah. Language is the same, actually. But your, the dynamic, the movement is surprising. I've seen, the, for example, I think at Gover Street right now, you have the rugby players, right. which is really, you yes. know, you're in the scrum there. Yeah. You had a fabulous horse that kind of almost leapt out of there it's back at an the earlier yeah. Yeah. yeah and you know that was that was interesting i think that was back that one got a copy of that got into a kind of a homespun museum in st petersburg really yeah it did back in the early internet days dale copeland and uh, we dale paul and, and me and marianne and albie carter were a kind of a loose group that we showed all around the country together but she because of her computer savviness was able to bring the first computers into our lives that made any sense, photo Adobe Deluxe, things like that. And they were the first sort of interactions around the world with different art groups that we were able to play along with or be part of or whatnot. And that print somehow got through to St. Petersburg and got collected over there. So I don't know how, you know... It could be just people like us as studios in St. Petersburg that saw something online. That's how it worked. That's pretty exciting. Well, it was because it was to do with fascism and Nazism, which is exactly what the Russian people are dealing with right now with the NATO war. The NATO war in Ukraine, the one that they made happen. 
It's just very bloody annoying for me that our media and our the average discussion is always oh, TV one type of headlines, you know, like, oh, well, Russia invaded, stuff like that. It's, so that's been part of my work all the way through, especially in the last 20 years is narrative control. Political. Propag- propaganda. Well, yeah, political. It's uh, moving every part of our lives. All right, on that note, we will mm-hmm. have to take a break. And you said you had a piece of music that you were keen to have. Get it up now. And yes. Play now. Steve Muggeridge's Orwellian World. Orwellian World. It's an Orwellian world Orwellian world Orwellian world An Orwellian world Orwellian world An Orwellian world In which war is peace And freedom is slavery Ignorance is strength Your ignorance is our strength Oh, why should we? I cannot say Tell me the truth You won't tell me the truth anyway What's, what's the truth anyway? You circle above Got your satellite love Rain down from the sky All your truth would lies In the hands of someone Point of a gun And the money would make Oh, oh, the money made In this Orwellian world This Orwellian world Orwellian world Orwellian world And Orwellian world Orwellian world In which war is peace And freedom is slavery Ignorance is strength Your ignorance is strength When all's said and done, said and done, the human race run, human race run. Whoa, whoa, save us all, whoa, whoa, won't save us all. Your immaculate one, saving the sun, saving us all. Oh, won't you save us all, save us all? Oh, won't you save from this Orwellian world? Orwellian world. 
to Sugarloafing Artscast on Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM. We are grateful to our sponsors, Govet Brewster Art Gallery and Lenlai Center for the show. And I'm in Oreo Road with Roger Morris, also known as Remo. And I was just thinking, for listeners who might not know you, could you give us a snapshot of... Um, who you are, because you were actually not Taranaki born and bred, were you? No, no, Central Otago, yeah, so born in 54, so high country, dad was a high country farmer, uh, up behind Roxborough Millers Flat, up in the sort of the southern edge of the Maniatoto, they call it the Maniatoto. So we were high country um, till I was seven, and then we moved down to, so dad was a POW, returned prisoner of war, so that gave me the first kind of indication of the political parameters that I was born into. Mum was a kindergarten teacher, absolutely beautiful person, wonderful mother. I had great parents, great parenting. Uh, We had a wonderful time until we moved to Christchurch in 66. Mum did not want any of her boys to go to boarding school. She saw too many children damaged through boarding school. So we moved to Christchurch. Bought a smaller farm at Akarawa, so I did my teenage years going between Akarawa, the farm, helping Dad, and Christchurch, the school, boys' high school. So I, I joined the... I was a police cadet for... Uh, yeah, that's surprising. I know, I know, but I've <laughs> got to speak it out because it's part of my life and it's been very much part of my life in other ways in terms of the exploration into propaganda manufactured consent and stuff. So the interest that my art has taken has been in those directions, how we are controlled, how our thinking is controlled, and the direction of society has shifted sometimes purposefully. Having been, I was a police cadet for 19 months, they train you fairly hard, Um, uh, very seriously, uh, criminal law, etc., and then I went and uh, was in Christchurch as a 20-year-old on the beat, for goodness sakes. My first night, first experience as an actual bona fide out on the street police was, was as a, on my own in Cathedral Square at 6 o'clock on a Friday night on a swing shift till 2 a.m. in the morning. So on my own, they put me there on my own now. That's the square a, was always like the hub of... Intimidating. It was. It was, And I'm not a big guy. And they put me out there by myself. So uh, that just gives an indicator to anybody listening as to, you know, like how do you deal with stuff like that. Anyway, I very quickly learned I wasn't, that was not for me. And I walked the streets for about 16, 17 months. And then I went overseas. I was, uh, among other things... I wanted to travel, so I travelled, and uh, I was away for five years, got to places like Israel, which is very interesting now, to be able to relate or reflect on the experiences I had through there as, and what's going on now with the ethnic cleansing of uh, uh, Palestine. Came back quite um, 
dissolute. I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, I got reminded that I could... But I always was drawing and writing, and definitely that was part of my life. So I came back, went to night school at Hagley High, got my uh, university entrance for art school, and I went could go to either Elam or Elam. I chose Elam. I went to Elam. I spent uh, one term there before I quit. <laughs> Met Marianne Muggeridge up there a couple of years later. Just great yeah. painter. Extraordinary artist. When I saw her work, I recognised straight away what it was. And uh, luckily, I, we fancied each other. And um, so we've been together ever since. Been very helpful that we both had our art independent of each other to work on because that's the only way we survive. Apart from our children and, of course, our love for each other. Oh, yes. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you are an amazing couple to allow each other so much space we're, we're to do a, your we're own. We're a mature relationship <laughs> <laughs> through the COVID thing because I would not take that um, jab because I, I knew where it came from. But Marianne was still on the line of, oh, no, I can trust them. Well, the doctor said when he, when he learned that we were of that different Grouping, he said, oh, well, you're a mature relationship and you survived. <laughs> Does that answer the question? Yes, absolutely. But, but I started doing my art August of 1980 when I went to the art school, uh, Hagley High Night School, to get my qualifications to apply for art school. Mm. Why did you quit art school? What was it that didn't work well, for it's, you it's with Elam? It's what got me there first was the awareness that I never was taught that art was a viable, mature adult thing for a man, New Zealand boy coming into manhood, to do as a viable lifetime thing. And when I realised that it was, it was like, bang, that's like a hallelujah moment because up until then it was all that work a day, work for somebody else kind of stuff. And of course, as I say, I'd always been drawing and scratching and painting and writing and once that connected, and I realised that I was allowed to do this, and I, all I wanted to do was to get to art school and learn how to begin. And once I learned how to begin, that's when I left it. I wanted to learn how to build a canvas, stretch a canvas properly, and anything else they could tell me before I got really pissed off with them, because it was very easy to do. After all, I had a reasonable amount of... You know, maturity coming into there. I was an old student. I'd been away for five years. I'd, you know, been involved in policing. You know, like I wasn't able to handle some of the stuff that they were living in. It was very trite, a lot of it. That's why I left. There's a bigger story there, but I can't tell yeah, quick no, enough. Yeah, no, that's all right. But uh, isn't it funny that we need permission? from someone else to kind of go ahead and do those things. Well, do you it's think it's knowing. a rebellious act? No, it's knowing. It's knowing. I didn't know that that was an allowable thing. Even though we have great uh, male artists in this country. Yeah, yeah. Who yeah. are hailed far more you than were, the women. You were, yeah, of course. Well, naturally, of course. Patriarchal. And that goes without saying in every, you know. And I live with a woman that reminds me of that. Just about daily. <laughs> and it's true. Um, it is true. I think that it was the awareness that it was, it was viable, it was allowed, it was there, it was accessible. It would never been taught to me that that was possible. And yet we 
the unviable. We constantly hear about the poor, starving artist, mm -hmm. and it is tough to make a living as an artist. So how did you already then see that it was viable? Oh, because it was just the fact that it was there. It was like, I can't, I can see what I'm trying to say, but not quite clearly enough to say it, or see it clearly enough to be not able to say it. It didn't matter. So it wasn't it the money matter. that mattered? No, 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 no exactly. No, no, no. That, that, that meant nothing. And yep. that's the starving artist part. I mean, you don't have to worry about that. It was, the, it was like a door opened. All right. On that note, we mm. are going to take another break oh. and listen to another some music. Another track that I'm going to have trouble finding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll be right back. I tell you people about a Mr. Hurry Why? I try to open doors that I never see you come on in. I'm gonna mess with your mind, I'd open doors, but I'm not that kind. Won't you come on, roll over slowly with me? This is the best time you ever seen. Well, I'd open doors, but I'm not that kind. Things I see, I'd rather be blind. Oh, you fill me up from my head to my knees. I'd open doors. I'm easy to please. Yeah, if I could get to look at this place, this is the best time you ever see. If I could get to look at this place, but someone just shut the door in my face. So people. I'm not so pleased Oh baby, baby, baby On my knees Won't you come and roll over Slowly with me This is the best time You ever did see Alright Come and roll over slowly with me 
best time you ever see. Wow. This is the best time you ever see. Wow. This is the best time you ever see. Welcome back to Sugarloafing Artscast on Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM. We are grateful to our sponsors, Govet Brewster Art Gallery and Landlife Center. And I'm out on beautiful OEO Road under our manga with artist Roger Morris, also known as Remo, who lives with artist partner Marianne Muggeridge out here and uh, has had such an interesting journey to become an artist that from farms via policing to yeah, becoming a full-time artist. And we were just talking about the viability of it. And that viability doesn't necessarily mean that you have to jump to the money issue straight mm. away. No, that was very much, and not in my, it's, can't, it's not in your thinking when that kind of door opens. You've got to remember that when you travel around, you're, you're looking at the great works of men and women in the museums around as you go, as you get to places like Athens and stuff, and all of these places, Rome, London, you're having a look at art, and you see these works as being, and sometimes you get spoken to by them, because I actually think that the work that you're looking at are messages from the past that if they relate to you, and everybody relates to different work different ways, but you'll suddenly look at something and go, wow, fuck, I get that. That's like a messaging thing. So that is part of the... I mean, I didn't know what I was going to do when I got back from OE. So when I was made... As I said, you've got to have... It's almost like you've got to have a transitional moment in your thinking from where you were to where you are going to be. It has to happen that way. And suddenly it's like the vision clears in front of you or the idea clears in your head... And you go, oh, I'm allowed to do that. I'm going to do that. Yeah. So the money doesn't come into that equation. So what comes into that equation are all of those works you've seen that really resonate. You feel a part of a messaging system. So whatever you do, you're going to have to be able to try and put into the work what you got out of others because you're standing on their shoulders. And that's been said before, I know, but it's... Nonetheless, it's true. true. Absolutely true. Mm. So you have to take part in this ongoing messaging of the human experience. So my work being at the end of the Dad's War and my coming to be aware of what fascism was and realising that I hate bullies, that's been my big thing, which may have had something to do with being a cop. I don't know. That could also have just been expediency at the end of high school where I didn't have any other ideas and somebody else introduced me to that idea, I don't know. Point being that the anti-fascist thing and then studying, starting to study because of these things that are taking place around you, you really don't have the language for, not through our education system. You've got to go out there looking. Of course, now with the internet, bingo, the doors are opened. And that disinformation included because it's not difficult to get around it. All you've got to do is understand that it is happening. Disinformation is happening at a, at a government 
level, at an intelligence level, at a military intelligence level. We are being played with. Once you get that, you can step back a little bit and start to rationalize what it is you're looking at and reading and finding your way through different mirrors, alleyways to what it is that you're trying to establish in your, in your thinking and in your work. So does that come first and spark your work? Or are you setting out no, and it's thinking? it's coincidental. Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a constant. We're in a constant instant. The life experience is in the moment all the time. So it's constantly turning. It's like a you know washing machine that doesn't turn off. You're in that wash, so you're picking up. So um, coming back to how you go about your art and mm. process and things, you've tried so many interesting things. So I've seen your work with sculpture, painting, oils, printmaking, uh, collage. Well, yeah, oh, yeah, not so much. No, so no, what, but, what but, is um, it that... A, a put together yeah. sculpture, what do they call mm. it? Um, assemblage. Assemblage, assemblage yes, fun, assemblage. Yeah. Putting together different shapes. Yeah. So what is it that uh, excites you I most at the moment? Ooh, well, being able to encapsulate a, a theory... Uh, or a truth of what the world that we're living in yeah uh, that is politics and life are the same thing to me now it's obvious there's it's not like you can jump out an esoteric and jump out and go oh I'll do a poem or a, a writing or I'll write about that they are all it's now one thing going on all the time and you see different expressions of it go up into it like uh, the Russian thing with the, the uh, contrived war against Russia, very big, very big in because we were able to watch what was happening on the Maidan here in 2014. We were watching it on online. We we were we were able to we were thinking, well, what's Radio New Zealand talking about? They they wouldn't talk about it. So we were watching stuff happening. That all fits into the picture that you're making at the moment, or the sculpture that you're carving, mm. because you're thinking about it. You're thinking about it. You're thinking about it while you carve, while you, with the bit of work that you're working on, you're trying to find. You're picking up different memories, you know, like that you're uh, you're trying. And of course, if you're in a studio with a lot of your work around, which I've got, you're automatically talking to the paintings that have already been done or almost finished, and they've all got these different things happening in them, and they would suddenly jump conspire to suddenly go back into the next one so it's it's not like you've got a picture in your mind that you're going to finish off straight away and it's there and you just got to paint it no it doesn't work that way mm. it's a jigsaw mm. talk a to jigsaw. me about your tools you have some interesting um, things in the studio you seem to make a lot of your tools as well yeah, looking um, at some of the printmaking yeah. things hanging there yeah, um, I make uh, rollers, printmaking rollers, because you can't get them big enough. I know. <laughs> so, oh, so, um, so it's to you we should come? Yeah, yeah, well, I've got a couple of old... Um, yeah, you pick up the, uh, the big rubber rollers out of like old print workshops and you build a handle for it and you make them. And uh, I make occasional... But I don't make chisels... I make my own stone carving chisels, but I don't make woodblock chisels. You buy them. So I don't make a lot of my... I mean, I have made a lot of my tools, but the finer ones I generally buy because I'm a bit blunt, really. (laughs) 
and uh, your wood blocks are mostly black and white. I don't All, think I've yeah. ever seen any colour uh, blocks. No, but no, but well, uh, they have gone into colour later on. I have added to them with the, also the um, lettering. Yes, and uh, like adding on the uh, some of the imagery that I have been able to uh, add colour on, but I don't do reduction prints. No, I haven't done them. I've done screen prints back in the day. But I haven't done them for a while either because they're it's just I'm doing something else. I don't, you know what I mean? You've you run out of room to do screen printing. It's a very smelly, messy thing. Whereas you can do a woodblock a lot easier. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Although not on these scales. So where do you get those? Uh, what do you use for the block itself? Is oh, it MDF? M MDF. Mm. It's it's the easiest stuff. How yeah. long would it take you to carve something that is over a metre uh, by a half? It, by the looks it, of it? it takes... Uh, a, I've got... That one there's 2.4 metres. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> front and back. Um, uh, it takes a long time. But you keep working at them, and you don't work at them all the time because you'll, you'll end up doing something else in the meantime, and you come back to it, and you come back to it. And so they, they vary. Mm. They vary. All right. Yeah. Let's take a music break and uh, we'll be right back. Fingers shaking off the vodka, paranoid in my mind growing sober. Tighten your grip, take another sip, no one cries till it's over. So we go to the parties and we drink till we're drunk on the fanfare. Live for the hype, want another night, yeah, you know that we don't care Don't wanna lose a fight, don't wanna lose a wonder Cause I'm out on a limb, but I like it, I like it, I like it Here all this talk away, I'm ready, I'm chasing My diamonds, I can taste it, and Don't want yourself a second, my problems are
Welcome back to Sugarloafing Artscast on Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM. We are grateful to our sponsors, Covet Bruce Art Gallery and Landlice Centre. And I am out on OEO Road today with artist Roger Morris, also known as Remo, who lives uh, here with Marianne Mungerich, who is also an artist, and um, having the whole beautiful view of the mountain and the countryside. So it's not been a disadvantage to sit here in the countryside, a bit removed, no. and watch what happens in the world and well, that's, produce your art. Well, when you think about it, in the centuries past, you would have had the old guys and girls, women, men, women and men, uh, in the monasteries or wherever they were in their caves up in the hills. If you had told them that in the distant future, they'd be able to have this little black book phone in their hand and they'd be able to access 450 trillion items of information they'd look at and it. scrolls <laughs> they'd, they'd say you're nuts right but of course that's what you can do and again I come from the high country so hey you know isolation isn't new to me and it's not been a bother there's a lot of stuff in town that gets in your way and I don't really want to get involved in a lot of stuff so mm. yeah no it's no big deal it's fun and uh what would you suggest to someone just um, starting out, to young artists who maybe get the old, or you need to get a proper job first? Or, well, uh, go and march in the, in, in the Gaza march on Saturday and meet some people and talk to them about their lives. And maybe not worry too much about the career advice from the art schools and the, wherever else, the, the CV-making stuff. Get down to the real stuff. Get Which your hands is, dirty. Uh, Definitely, yeah. No, they got to, It's got to be real. It's uh, there's there's too much division, you know, the esoteric blah blah and the and real stuff out there in the world. The real art comes from there, I think. What was the most helpful for you in your uh, art career? Thinking back, was there a moment the, where the first drawing I did that that exorcised the pain? When was that? Nineteen eighty. The huge oppression and sadness and uh, lostness of like my achievements up until then was so great, and I, also I was quite sick. I'd got uh, dysentery in oh no India, yeah. Uh, but anyway, I was pretty crook, and um, I got reminded that I could draw, and I went and I did a drawing of how it felt, and it was that was a. One of those transitional moments that I was trying to talk about. That came out. So it left me and it was there in the drawing and I could take back, step back and look around it and go, take a breath, get some hope back. And that's probably the moment where it shifted from the place I'd been to the place I'm in now. And since that moment till now has been one long line. Mm, Incredible. It hasn't stopped. That's the, the line you threw out and you got picked up. And if you hang on to that hook or whichever way you look at it, you might have the rod or you might be hooked. I don't care. You're there. You're part of something that's bigger than I am, than we are. It's really important. Do you still have that drawing? Of course. Mm. Of course. Have to have a look. So what's ahead of you for 2024? I'm going to see my granddaughter. I'm going to see my grandson and my granddaughters and my daughters. They're partners. Yeah, I'm going to see them. 
and they are coming back from overseas. I yes, understand. And, and down from Auckland, and, and there's nothing after that that I know of. Mm. Fabulous. And where can people find your work if they're Online. interested in? Yeah? Online, yeah. You go to... Uh, Nz. And you also have some work on virtual tart? Yeah. Well, Dale, Dale, I don't even know what's there. She's such a, a magician with that thing. And she just carries on doing her thing. Yes, I do. She's got amazing. A couple, got a couple of pieces in the uh, Gover Street. But uh, nowhere else, really. Everything sort of stopped with COVID. It was an amazing moment that uh, I call it covert. Mm. Covert <laughs> 19. And what's your plan for these amazing, I gigantic don't know. I don't know. friendships? I had a show down in Wellington with them. Really? Yeah. When? Back uh, just about six months after the um, Christchurch mosque attack. So is that inspired by. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I will take some photos and put up online mm. if I may. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because yeah, um, they are amazing. Yeah. But um, they kind of also well, it was really scale. Very interesting because having come from Christchurch and knowing Christchurch very well, and as I was following a couple of things out, unraveling a couple of ideas I had that I needed to check out, Dean's Avenue's got a big stretch of it is empty of houses. It's where the old Addington. Sheepyards, cattle yards, stockyards were. As a boy, as a young man, I know that place really well. And coming off a farm, I used to walk, as I was down there just following the, the, my line of inquiry, um, I, I had these walking past the ghosts of the, were in this, these old stockyards all overgrown now. It's block, about three blocks of empty space. It's an amazing piece of kind of visual rhetoric going on there between what was happening or supposed to have happened and what this, these images of these empty stockyards gave me. Very poetic. You would have gone with it. You would so, have seen it. so that's what I'm seeing there. Uh, that's, well, yes, I've got other ones that are much clearer because yeah. you've, you've actually got the stockyard. I did a lot of work on the, the fencing, you yeah. see, on, on stockyards. So they were left there. I think last women, time I women. saw one of your works in progress was the fencing. And, yes. Yeah. Well, that's the journey we're kind of being led on. We're being led into a kind of uh, stock race. It's true. I'm convinced it's, it's happening as a, as a social engineering thing, call it. And it looks like a bit of a maze. Yes, it is. Where you're heading in. It's a tunnel. Mm. Well... I will let you go and do your work, but thank you so much oh, for welcome. having me and uh, for welcoming me into your amazing studio. Um, well, you're welcome to yeah. have taken the time and uh, I uh, trust that what I've said and how I've said it isn't too offensive to anybody's thinking. But mm, no, It's not easy to do to talk about yourself, really. No, it's not. No. It's not, but we really appreciate we it. We try. And I'm sure that uh, it will be very interesting for a lot of people to just get an insight into what is behind, uh, you know, what lies behind your paintings, Anti-fascism. your woodcuts, yeah, Anti-racism. And, mm. and finding ways of mm. expressing that is mm. always going to be hard, mm. but it's your way of putting things out into the world yeah. and keeping the communication lines open. Yeah, mm. yeah. following that line. Yep. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Roger. You're very welcome. <laughs>
tuning in to this week's episode of the Sugarloafing Artscast on 104.4 FM. My name is Michaela Nyman and you can contact me with feedback and ideas for shows at Access Radio Taranaki or email me on community at accessradiotaranaki.com. You can check out the artists, guests and their fabulous work on our Sugarloafing Facebook page and Instagram. To listen to previous episodes of the show, go to accessradiotaranaki.com and search us up under current shows. 
The Sugarloafing Artscast was made possible with the support of Govet Brewster Art Gallery and the Len Lai Centre. Until next week. This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki with help from New Zealand on air. To find more local content, go to our website, accessradiotaranaki.com.